Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And today's episode will not focus on a baseball game. It will focus on a basketball game. Jeremy and I attended the UIC, University of Illinois, Chicago, versus UWM, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, possibly rebranded as just Milwaukee. I'm not sure. Uh, But we attended the game between those two teams on Saturday night, February 26th. Rivalry week. That's that's right, rivalry. It's our two alma maters. We've never done it before, and things got pretty heated, as you might imagine. (laughs) Um, yes. But first, this is episode number 153. Uh, so, Jeremy, who is your 153 player? All right, Jack. Well, um, my number 153 guy is none other than uh, a guy who had 153 losses in his career. Um, one, Fernando Valenzuela. Oh, yeah, I like it. Okay, uh, Fernando Mania, is that what they called it? Yeah, Fernando Mania took uh, the the MLB by storm in 1981, the year that I was born. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, not that I uh, have any memories of that, but, like, I, you know, it's like that's, you know, you try to think about, like, what was actually when I was born, baseball was under a strike. But um, for before that, I guess, maybe, and maybe after that, Fernando uh, was taking the, the league by storm um, as a rookie from uh, Mexico. And... Um, yeah, uh, it's you know he's an interesting guy. I, so he won the the rookie of the year and the Cy Young in um, in 1981. I think they I believe he's the only guy to ever do that. Um, he was also fifth in MVP voting. He was an All Star. He won the Silver Slugger too. He could hit, um, which is uh, one thing about he won the Silver Slugger twice in his career, and uh, I believe the uh, Dodgers also won the World Series that year. So, uh, big rookie year for Valenzuela. I guess when you have that kind of rookie year, there's nowhere to go but down. Um, I remember him, you know, later on in my in his career and in, in my life, and I feel like. You know, it, I was under the impression that he wasn't as, like, good. I wonder if maybe the Cubs, like, did well against him or something. But um, he bounced around a lot in the latter part of his career. But he actually – his numbers were never – I mean, I don't know. I guess the end of his career was pretty bad. But, like, the rest of his Dodgers tenure was, was still pretty uh, respectable, I would say. He finished uh, with a 331 ERA with the Dodgers um, and a 354 ERA overall for his career. So – you know, pretty pretty good uh, overall career. Even though he didn't, he kind of never matched what he did those first couple of years of his career. No, but I mean, six straight All Star teams is is pretty darn good. As a pitcher, too, yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, he did. Jeremy, wasn't there a uh, thirty for thirty about him? Mm, yeah, I think there was actually. Yeah, I I you know I was scrolling through the uh, thirty for thirties the other day looking for something to watch, and I saw that one. I should have okay. watched it. I would have had a lot more insight. <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah, I yeah, I think you know he was definitely a, a character, and he's a kind of like a a, a husky guy. Um, although he's he's listed as five eleven one eighty, um, which isn't is pretty you know pretty standard. I would say maybe a little heavy for. I mean, not really though. No, it's 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 pretty standard. Um, if anything, he was a little on the shorter side, I guess. But. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, like just looking at his his um, baseball reference, he has a lot of uh, black ink. Um, uh, game started. He led the league in complete eleven complete games in 1981. Twenty complete games in 1986. 1986 um, won 21 games and uh, completed 21 of those. Uh, 21 or 20 starts. Um, a lot of uh, innings pitched. Um, pretty good amount of strikeouts. Uh, he led the league in walks a couple times, but also when you pitch that much, uh, it's to be expected. But uh, yeah, so he was um, he was a workhorse for a while there. Yeah, um, interesting, Jeremy. Not a, not a real big strikeout guy. Uh, I mean, he he led the looks like he led the majors in strikeouts his rookie year, but then in uh, 1982 that dropped to 199 strikeouts in 285 innings. Then he had 189 strikeouts in 257, struck out 240 and 261 and 84. But um, yeah, really, uh, it seems like on the whole, he was a guy who averaged uh, far less than a, a one strikeout per inning, uh, and including a lot of walks too. I almost, uh, you know, it seems like he, he's not a guy that I, having never really seen any of the games that he pitched, uh, um, and I don't know if you have it, it. He seems like a guy that relied more on maybe finesse instead of just pure stuff. Yeah, I think um, it seems to be the case. Yeah, a career one thirty two WHIP. That's that's pretty high, um, especially for like a three fifty four ERA. So yeah, he kind of he kind of probably uh, worked worked the corners a lot. Probably probably you know nibbled a lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, like the the results speak for themselves. I would say, and yeah, just when you throw, you know, when you when you pitch like that, you know, you you throw a lot of pitches and. Um, yeah, so maybe you know I think he might have had some injury uh, thing, uh, concerns later on in his career, so I think maybe that's what kind of stumbled him around. But he bounced around a lot at the end of his career. He went to California Angels one year, then one year he didn't play uh, in the majors. Uh, in Baltimore, Philadelphia, San Diego for two years, uh, parts of three years, and then ended as a, as a Cardinal, of course, like everyone else does, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they thought he'd be a reclamation project for them. Um, yeah, well, that that's a good one, Jeremy. And, yeah, he had 153 losses in his career. So we haven't looked at losses too much. Um, that seems like a lot, but he was still 20 games over 500. Uh, he's he's yeah. definitely a guy who, uh, if we, we were doing Rain Delay Theater in the in the 1980s on, on public access television or something, um, yeah, he seems like a guy we probably would have tried to go out of our way to see make a start in, when he was in Chicago. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. My, uh, my 153 guys, 153 home runs. I'm actually surprised he doesn't have more than that, but I guess he's never been a big power guy. Uh, I had Pablo Sandoval. Okay, nice. Yeah, so he's, he's had kind of a, a strange career. Um, he signed that big contract with the Boston Red Sox uh, after the 2014 season. Um, yep. He barely played with the Red Sox at all. They, they must have signed, but I don't even know how much that deal was for, maybe like $80 million, something crazy like that. Uh he played, uh, you know, less than 162 games with them over over three seasons, uh, and then they just cut him. And I remember it was big big news when they cut him because they had to swallow about 40 million dollars worth of salary to get rid of him. Um, and I, I thought the guy was finished after that, but he's he's still playing. He played in 2021. <laughs> it was his age 34 season. He played with the Braves. Um, I don't know if he was on the World Series roster. Uh, but he, um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm guessing he probably got a ring. He played in 69 games for them. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's just kind of confounding. I, I sort of don't understand his career and how he's still around. Yeah, for sure. I, um, you know, he was such a big part of those giants teams, 
and a crowd favorite and they you know kung fu panda they had like the the panda hats and all that stuff um so yeah definitely a fan favorite out there it's one of those things where like these guys are such fan favorites i mean it's kind of like the white Sox effect a little bit like he he seems to like make so much sense for that giants team it's like he should should have just stayed there um and you know yeah it didn't go well for him uh outside of uh, San Francisco and so, so much so that he came back to San Francisco. Um, and then, yeah, like it don't, doesn't look like he was on, um, the, the playoff roster, um, for the, for the 2021, uh, Braves. He was on the playoff roster for the 2020, uh, 2020 Braves. Um, but they didn't win. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a weird career for sure. I definitely thought he was done, uh, after, after Boston. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he like, he was definitely like kind of like under a lot of scrutiny for his weight. And I think he like lost weight and then was like, not as good. So I think he probably put, he put it back on and, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's a weird career. Uh, definitely one of those guys, if you, if you like to tout that part of baseball where like, you don't have to be an athlete to be a good baseball player. Like he's a great example uh, of that. (laughs) Yeah, um, you know, there's definitely uh, that famous picture of him with the Red Sox at spring training when he's throwing and his his shirt is coming up. Um, I, I feel like that 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 was just sort of the death sentence for him uh, when they published that. Boston is is kind of uh, they're hard on their free agents, man. That that's not the first guy they've run out of town. Um, yeah. They did it to Carl Crawford. <clears throat> they did it to Adrian Gonzalez, and both of those guys are, are <laughs> were, were were good players. And Gonzalez Crawford was was hurt most of the time, I think, after he left Boston. But you know, Gonzalez still had a few good years left in him. Uh, yeah, so so tough crowd, and I'm 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 a little surprised they haven't run like David Price or Chris Sale out of town. They gave those guys way more money than they gave any of the guys I mentioned. Yeah, they let. In fact, they let Dave Price, David Price. Uh, well, I mean, he is he is gone. He, he is so. he is gone. I suppose he was a he was he was in the bets trade. That's right. I completely completely forgot about that. Yeah, they they just let him uh, verbally berate Dennis Eckersley instead. <laughs> uh, so they gave him the preferential treatment. But uh, yeah, what a just a quick aside on David Wright or David Price. What a what a like uh, a guy whose arrow is pointing so up. And then he went to Boston and not not only did his career tank, but we also found out that he was a complete asshole. Um, So yeah, screw that guy. I'm glad he's toiling in um, anonymity, like uh, so, so much so that we forgot that he was traded. Um, Yeah. Screw him. He sucks. Yeah. uh, You know, Boston, uh, you know, is, is there a free agent, like a guy who signed a big free agent deal with Boston? Who's actually, who actually did well. I I, I guess you could say JD (laughs) Martinez, JD Martinez did. He, you know, he signed a a three-year deal or with an option and, you know, he he had a couple good years, but it it seems like uh, Boston is, is not a, not a place you want to go. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to sign a big money deal. Kike Hernandez seems to be liking it, but uh, I don't think he's. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't consider him a big free agent. I think he's small <laughs> enough to, uh, to to not matter. To not you know, both literally and in like reputation. Yeah, yeah. He's he's reason enough to not like the Red Sox. Uh, all by his lonesome. Um, but that is uh, yeah. So that that's Pablo Sandoval. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if he finds his way onto a roster at some point this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I could see him winding up on the White Sox and the and Tony La Russa like berating him somehow. 
Oh, oh yeah, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, that that would be the the team for him for sure. Uh, so, uh, well, we we've been talking about doing this for years, Jeremy. I think even yeah. before the even before the podcast, but uh, we uh, it just so happens that our alma maters are in the same uh, athletic conference, or at least they were. UIC is moving to uh, a new one, but uh, they're both in the Horizon League. So uh, UIC. And UWM, uh, they do both have Division One men's basketball. Uh, neither of us had ever attended uh, one of uh, our respective teams' games when we were students at those schools. Yeah. Uh, so this was a uh, this was a first for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Jack, you brought you you pointed out um, number one that UIC is leaving the Horizon League, but number two, this was like our last chance to do it. Also, because these teams are not probably going to play each other. Uh, going forward, if they do, it'll be a uh, you know one-off um, game, and it'll be a little harder to come by. But uh, um, yeah, so so we really we 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 barely got it in there, um, and uh, hoping to maybe do a baseball game too. Uh, but uh, it was uh, yeah, this is yeah something we talked about for a long time. So um, it's cool that we made it happen. Yeah, uh, so I got to see Jeremy's uh, old stomping grounds. Um, uh, yeah, tell us about it, Jeremy. For you, it was kind of a you. You were able to show me where you uh, had most of your vid- video editing classes, uh, and it was a real, real trip down memory lane. Yeah, I literally uh, the memory lane in this case being Ashland Avenue, which mm-hmm. um, I would uh, drive. I would take all the way down to uh, the campus. Um, so yeah, we we kind of went the same route that I would go like when I was driving there daily, uh, showing Jack, uh, such exciting landmarks as the parking lot where I parked my car <laughs> and the former, uh, jewel, uh, re- uh, grocery store building that, uh, my art classes were, were in. Um, basically, uh, so I went to UIC for, for film and, um, our, our original building was an old, like mannequin factory. Um, and then they were re- renovating that. So then, um, for the the rest of my career, uh, my, my like uh, time at UIC, uh, they they converted like an old abandoned jewel uh, grocery store into uh, the art college. So my video classes were in like the produce section of where jewel uh, where the produce used to be. So um, so yeah, it was a it was a trip down memory lane uh, driving to campus and. Um, it kind of stung a little bit. We, we ended up parking um, in like the parking structure next to the uh, arena and it kind of stung because I used to be able to, I mean, I, I paid to park there, but I would like, I had parking, you know, I had a, a parking pass to, to park there and this time we had to pay to park. It was only five bucks, which wasn't that bad, but um, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, it reminded me of those days uh, in my, you know, my college years. Yeah, is is it too early to tell the, uh, the the story about when you blew that stop that stoplight, or should we tell that later in the podcast? Oh, uh, I think it I think it, it can work right now. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> this would be a rare departure for us where we tell like a story, a juicy story, early in the podcast <laughs> instead of like an hour and forty five minutes in. But um, yeah, I was we were driving around the streets of uh, UIC, um, and uh, which is located like west of downtown like southwest of downtown kind of like west loop i guess but it's i don't know i feel like it's kind of out there um of, of downtown chicago and uh but it's like you know it's kind of like busier streets or whatever i had two uh car accidents driving around there one was um not my fault where i was just um 
going like I think I was like driving and so the other the car coming at me or like uh to my side was uh ran a stop sign or something and it hit me um uh and then they tried to like say it was my fault or something but that ended up not working uh but another one was completely my fault <laughs> so I was telling Jack this story and it happened just yeah just in the outskirts of of campus I was driving around and I think I was like uh, messed up over some like, you know, girl that I had a, had a thing for or whatever. And I, I took the morning off of my morning classes and I was coming, I was, I was driving to, to, to class in the afternoon and, um, I was just, just out of it, like in a weird mental space. And I drove through like a red light, I believe. Um, and a car was coming across like on the cross street and I just, I just hit it and I hit the back tire of the car and I broke its axle and it spun out. Uh, and it was pretty crazy. Like Jesus. it was visually pretty crazy crash. It wasn't, obviously it was worse for them than me. I, I, I just like hit, I just kind of, it was almost like a takeout move, <laughs> like for like a cop or something. Like I hit their back axle in like the perfect spot. The car spun out. Um, and I was, I was kind of jarred to the side. Um, and I pulled my car over to the side. This was like one of my first, like, uh, experiences with like a, a car accident which was like i got into this car accident we were pulled over a cop came by and stopped and they were doing like a police report and all this stuff and like this fucking like tow truck came by and pulled over and like they, there were all these tow trucks like circling us like vultures it was crazy yeah. um just like looking to like make some money off of us and this fucking tow truck came by and there this kid was like driving it like literally like maybe like a 17 year old kid or something and he was like hey man what what happened like you all right i'm like yeah man i'm all right and i was kind of you know upset and he's like yeah man it's okay man it'll be fine i'm like yeah yeah i guess so but you know not good whatever and he's like hey man well you know i got you man like i'll tell you wherever and i i looked at my car and my car was like leaking like antifreeze um uh turns out that i totaled my car um it, it wasn't a lot of damage but they said that i like bent the frame of the car or whatever but I remember the kid was like saying like, no, man, I got you. You know, I'll, I'll tow you. And like, I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm not letting this kid tow my, I'm not going to tow my car. Like, I don't care. Like I fucked up, but I'm going to get my car home uh, because I, I got myself in this mess. I'm going to get myself out. Um, but Jack, you, we, we drove the way, like we drove like down Ashland. Like, you know how far it is. I mean, I didn't live as far as we live, but I lived, um, you know, actually, oh. no, you know what I did? I was living at home at the time. So I lived uh a little further than we went but yeah man but, that was that's like a 20 25 minute drive yeah exactly and there's one stretch of uh you drive by the united center when you're driving to uh uic and there's this one stretch where there's these all these red lights at every street because there's all these like diagonal and uh perpendicular busy streets that you're intersecting so you can you can catch like three lights in a row so like i said my car was leaking antifreeze and like the car like your car your engine will die if it's like doesn't have antifreeze i guess um so so i was driving the car and like every time i hit a stop sign the car would die and uh and so like i my car kept dying on the way home it died like probably like 10 12 times on the way home like every time i hit a stoplight so i had to like turn it i had to turn it on again and then once it was running i had to just hit the gas and so I like white knuckled it all the way home with my car dying at every stop sign because I refused to like have this guy tow my car. Yeah. Um, and I got it home and then we like, I think we did eventually get it towed to like a, a body shop, which was nearby. And they told like they were working on it and then they told me it was total. And that was like fucking 
devastating uh, because I didn't have money because I was in college. And uh, yeah, it was a whole thing. Uh, but that all happened. Uh, that was part of my experience at UIC. All right. I love it. How, how do you, I wonder how those tow truck guys knew, uh, you know, new to come to you. Uh, yeah. I wonder if they have like a, a, a ham radio or something, yeah. if they have the, the police blotter. I think so. I think they have a scanner and like when the cop, you know, um, you know, pulled over to do the report, I'm sure they like heard it. And they like, yeah, they were just like, they came by and they're like, you need a tow. And I'm like, dude, I'm going through like trauma right now. I just yeah. like, not only did I get in a car accident, but I fucking like, you know, fucking trashed this woman's car. Like I, I don't need you like hovering around me like a buzzard. So, uh, it was, uh, it was a rough experience and I was already in a bad place before that. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was a, it was a, it was a rough time for a, like a 20 year old Jeremy. God damn. Well, well, thank, thank you for uh, sharing that one with us, Jeremy, that, that harrowing uh, tale while you're, you know, it was, it was a a long time ago. It was half a lifetime ago at this point. So, you know, it seems like you made it, you made it through. Um, So we had a we we, we un, unlike most events we go to we did not buy tickets uh, beforehand. Um, we we decided to buy them at the box office uh, walk up sales. So mm-hmm. uh, it was freezing cold on this night, and like most box offices, uh, this one you had to just kind of walk up to it. You were outside; it was not in the stadium, and there was mm-hmm. no one else in line. We didn't have to wait in line at all. I I think we were able to just walk right up to the window. Uh, Jeremy, let's do a little role play here. So yeah. I'll pre- I'll pretend to be the ticket person, the ticket lady, uh, okay. who is maybe like a college student, like a UIC yep. student, and you just ask the question you asked, and then I'll give everybody the response. Sure, sure. So yeah, me and Jack walk up to the window, and uh, I say, uh, yeah, excuse me, I, I'm like, we need two tickets. Um, can you can we get them side by side? But let's pay. But we want to pay separately. sure <laughs> that was that how was, long the pause was yeah that was it might have been longer pause. it might yeah. have been a little bit longer um, it was yeah and it was like filled. that pause was filled with like what are you talking about why why are you asking me to do this i i i felt like i'm like god i'm a piece we're like i'm a piece of shit like i should just buy jack's ticket like or jack should I, buy my ticket he's a piece of shit i don't know like you know like it was it, 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 it gave us time to like like uh like uh examine like our choices in life <laughs> oh yeah because i was like yeah man maybe i should have just venmo jeremy like 15 bucks because the tickets were right. 15 bucks um it's like is was this an unreasonable request i don't know but here's the thing man like she works at a, at a ticket office surely we can't be the first at a, at right. a college a college stadium no True. less like right. surely surely we can't be the first two people who came up and wanted to buy tickets next to each other but pay separately yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of things. I mean, even when we were there, someone was like came by and this woman was on the phone and she was like they it seemed like they were like a party of like six or something, five or six, and they already had like three tickets. And so she was like, can you you know, I have some tickets in row, whatever section, whatever. Can you get us can you give us two more like near like close to that? It's like there's all kinds of goofy like requests that people have uh especially when you're at the window like that. So like this was this was like small potatoes compared to probably some other things that get they get requested. Oh yeah. Um so we it no doubt. And so you know there there's a couple of tiers of tickets that you can get, you know, like $100, 35, 25 and 15, 15. I don't know who would pay 100 bucks and see UWM pay UIC for courtside seats, but 
Um, anyway, we, we, we went with the cheapest option. Uh, and so Jeremy pays first. So she asks him for uh, his uh, credit card and his ID. Um, yep. And I thought it was just like to verify, you know, they look at the name on the credit card, look at the name on the ID, and boom, you're verified. But she took Jeremy's, all of his information, and then she just started like, you know, she put it like up, the credit yep. card like up on her computer monitor, and she yep. put the driver's license up there too. And then she just starts typing for like five minutes. <laughs> typing away. Just, typing yeah, away. It, I, I was going to like actually whisper to you like what like what is she writing the great American novel here? Like what's <laughs> you know what's going right. on? So, so it was just like but we both of us weren't we didn't say anything and we didn't even look at each other. Um, I think it was just you know we both realized that this is taking longer than it should have. Uh, eventually she finally like gives you your crap back. She asks you to sign something and, you know, after about five minutes. The whole thing took about five minutes. And then she moves on to me, and we go through the same the same process. Um, she puts she puts my driver's license and my my credit card up on the thing. Uh, she starts typing away again, um, and then about halfway through that, she asks Jeremy, "Hey, can I see your ticket again?" And so Jeremy I had goes, "Just put it away too." I yep. just like because I I was tired of holding it because my hands were getting cold, so I put yeah. it in like my inside my inner like breast pocket or whatever. Yeah. And so, so Jeremy gives her the ticket back, and here I am. I think we're, we were both thinking this, like, okay, she asked for the ticket back because she, she forgot where she put Jeremy, and she wants to put me next to him. So she's checking, like, what <laughs> ticket she did. Um, anyway, she looks at it for a couple seconds, gives it back to Jeremy, and then keeps on typing for, like, three or four more minutes. <laughs> and then she, you know, she runs my card, she prints out the ticket, she gives it to me and has me sign the thing, and, and then she says... Okay, so you guys aren't next to each other, but you can just sit next to each other. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like the one thing we asked for, she didn't give us. That's a good one. Uh, that's that's this. I I almost want to say it's an all timer Randolph Theater because it was one of these. It just made no sense. It's like, what did we just do here? And yeah. then like it didn't. It's like, we were like, okay, fine. And we grabbed the tickets and we started walking to the gate. And I'm like. What just happened? What 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 happened? Why didn't she put us together? Like it made no sense. It made no sense, and it took forever. It was just like the goofiest like exchange, and and it's true. We could have just sat next to each other, or we you know we we were listen by the amount of people that were there, we could have sat you know next to each other next to the bench uh, yes. of UIC, but um, it was just it was just a mind boggling experience. It was. Uh, so ultimately, Jeremy was given tickets for section 114. I was given section 106. Uh, we decided yeah. to sit. In, yeah. That's the other thing. They weren't even close to each no, other. No, they we were, were on, on opposite sides of the arena. Literally opposite sides. It's so funny. <laughs> but, yeah. um, well, we, you know, we were like, okay, well, you know, still kind of good seats for Je uh, where Jeremy was put. It was behind uh, the UIC bench. So that's ultimately where we ended up. Uh, you know, Jeremy, I, they did list. 3,000 plus fans in the official box score. Like, mm -hmm. th there's no way that was right, though, right? No, yeah, it can't be. Um, no. We were trying to speculate. At the time when we were in the stadium, we were trying to speculate, and you were saying, like, you were saying, like, 800 or something, right? Something that, like that. I would say under 1,000. My, my, my gut to was like 700 or 800, but um, yeah. I, I think you estimated about 1,100, right? Yeah, I said I I might have said like eleven fifty, give or take fifty. Like mm -hmm. I was thinking like something like that, but and that's I was being rel I was being somewhat uh, uh, liberal uh, with it, and um, yeah, I did, so like 
I was wondering if it was like they transposed some of the, the two numbers. So it was actually 1,300, which still would have been too much. But, um, yeah, I looked at the uh, last couple of home games and like there were the home game like two times ago was like 1,200 people or something. Then last time was like 2,600 or something. And then this one was 32 or 31. And um, it was senior night. It was like the last home game of the season. So, like, um, I'm sure like like boosters like of the of the team and like season ticket holder i mean season ticket holders are whatever but like alumni who are on like mailing lists i'm sure they buy this game and then they just didn't come uh but um but yeah it was that was that was a lot even for for no shows even for like total soul that was a lot oh yeah yeah um as we were buying tickets uh there were Next to us, so there the we were at the ticket office, and to our left there was another ticket worker uh, working, and so people were getting in line there too. And so next to us, uh, these UWM fans uh, came, and we, you know, I wasn't aware of them at first, but all of a sudden I hear uh, I hear the kid. It was a, probably an eighteen or nineteen year old kid go, "Can you put us by the UWM fans?" Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Is there a section where you're putting the UWM fans?" And then you know, I think they said like no or something. It, um, it, it was funny because it's one of those one-sided conversations you heard. So yeah, the person in this like kind of like dorky, squeaky voice was like, "Yeah, is there a section where you're putting the UWM fans?" Oh no. Okay. <laughs> it was like <laughs> totally shot down. Oh like, yeah. And then yeah. A, a, like like two minutes later, because like the guy was uh, the kid was like with his his old man who you know was maybe. It was pretty, pretty, looked like a pretty old guy. I mean, you know, he was at least in his 60s, maybe 70. Uh, maybe it was his grandpa. And in, anyway, the, the kid goes, you, you just hear him go, well, this is good enough for me if it's good enough for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they, and he, you know, he was, a, uh, he was an eccentric uh, kid. He had, a, he had on like a shirt, uh, he had like a UWM jersey on. I, I can't remember what it said. I pointed it out to you, Jeremy. Yeah, it was but, something like with a B, like, uh, bouncing buddies or something it was something yeah, yeah it, something it, like that yeah it, you know one of those like they call like the duke fans like cameron crazies it must be like like the uwm's version of that and then yeah. he had on a uh like a see-through like plastic backpack that he was yes. wearing which like so chicago public school students like years like several years ago they they made a mandate that that high school students, CP, uh, Chicago public school students had to have clear backpacks for like safety reasons, like so they wouldn't bring guns to school. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like a safety precaution to have like a clear backpack. And this kid, this kid had one as well. Um, and it just like it's just funny. All you could see, you could so we could see what he had in there, and he had like weird like rosters and like 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 yearbooks and stuff. It was funny. Did you catch anything else? Like he definitely had like some sort of like program with like headshots of like players in there. Yeah, it looked like. I mean, I I would almost be willing to say that this kid was like a grapher for Horizon League. Uh, oh stuff, yeah, a photograph freak. But he wasn't. I think he was just some eccentric. Uh, fan but yeah it was definitely rosters program stuff like that and you know what jeremy i love college basketball so like i'm i'm this podcast like college basketball guy believe me mm-hmm. when i say that the horizon league ain't worth that you know it's <laughs> yeah it's not worth being that big of a fan of the horizon league you're, you're wasting you're wasting your time um but more <laughs> power to this kid i guess um another thing that struck me about this kid that was funny is he was wearing a mask um we should say that this was like so here in chicago um the city dropped the mask mandate today um, for as, as of this recording um, for indoor facilities. So we went um, on a Saturday night 
and today's Monday, so it was very like lack lackadaisical with like any sort of mask enforcement. But um, this kid was wearing a mask, and I, it was one of the. It's I've seen these masks before where like it doesn't hook around the head; it hooks or around the ears; it hooks around like the back of your head. But he was wearing it. I I still think he was wearing it sideways, so it looked like a duck bill. Um, it was like it would. It was like one of those like N uh, KN95s yeah. or whatever, yeah. which like kind of like looks like a a pocket. I don't know how to really explain it. It's not like rounded. It's like it's like there's a there's a seam going down the middle. But he had it sideways, and it looked like a duck bill. And like this kid. I feel like he resembled kind of like a duck a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, and I don't know if it was, I think I would have said that bill or no bill. Uh, it was, it was kind of <laughs> weird. Um, but you, you saw that Jack, right? I, I did see that. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was kind of odd. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but those were the fans. And then we would see that we would go on to see them again inside, which might give you an, uh, another idea of like, you know, the attendance there. We, we ran into, we saw these people like six times, I think, uh, which will, we could talk about why, uh, what might have um, uh, contributed to that in a second. Uh, before before we move on, I just want to say, like, the one cool thing about the whole experience of going in there, like, we ended up saving, like, I, don't know, I feel like $10 or something each uh, on fees by buying them in, at the box office. But one, one kind of cool perk about it was that we actually got hard tickets. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I had a hard ticket to an event. So um, it's not necessarily, you know, one that I... I'm going to like laminate and put on my wall, but, uh, it's, uh, it was just a trip to, uh, to get like a hard ticket. It was so, so long ago. In fact, that like, so I used to say, I would save my, my hard tickets and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, I used to do a thing where I would pre fold it. This is uh, now I'm going to go into this like nerdy guy territory, but I would pre fold my ticket at the perfora- perforation because a lot of times when they rip it, Sometimes they would just rip it and not rip it again along the perforation. So I would pre-crease it along the perforation so it would rip easier. Because sometimes they would like rip part of the like you know the date off or something, uh, and I wanted to like have all of it there. So I, I creased it, and then I'm like, oh yeah, they just they just zap it with the scanner. So I like unnecessarily creased it, but um, yeah, it was still cool to have a hard ticket. And, yeah, I I really couldn't tell you the last time I had a, a hard ticket to a, an event. Yeah, that used to be a thing when you would get season tickets to ga- have season tickets for like you know sp- sports. Is that they would just mail you a big envelope with all of the tickets. Um, yeah, we used to have uh, Marquette season tickets, and you know you would just get this big envelope with t- tickets to all the games, and then you kind of had to like rip them yourself. Um, sure. It was uh, yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, that that struck me too, Jeremy. I didn't I didn't really think about it. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, you, you said you still have my ticket too, right? Yeah, well, I I did I yeah I, yours fell out of your pocket I think Jack in the oh car, shit okay so I, I have it uh yeah I set it aside yeah maybe uh, yeah maybe you know bring that over I'll hang on to it Nor- normally what what I would do is uh you know I'd get like a scorecard or a program and then I would just keep the ticket like inside of that almost like a bookmark um which yes cool. I do that as well that's I could probably I probably could go back and find the last ticket because it's probably in a scorecard which we'll talk about that in a, in a bit too. Uh, scorecards but oh yeah definitely um well yeah. we we lucked out uh we had no idea this was going to happen but uh it was a, we were it was a bobblehead night at the game um they were giving yeah. away bobbleheads of of sparky who is uic's mascot um i actually have the bobblehead in front of me now i, I meant to take it to work um but it looks like uh looks like it what is it like a dragon 
Yep, Sparky's a dragon for the UIC okay. Flames. Okay, nice. Yeah, he's a. Uh, he he honestly looks. He, well, he looks kind of generic. If 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 I'm being uh, perfectly <laughs> frank, uh, he looks kind of like the DePaul Blue Demons mascot. Um, but uh, you know, uh, uh, it's it's kind of cool that they have their own own mascot. I I never actually knew that they had one. I just always thought they were the UIC Flames. I never thought of them as having a mascot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I feel like I had some like you know a planner or something back in the day with with Sparky on it. But um, yeah, no, it was definitely cool. Uh, they the way that they did it was they handed out these these print offs, these like little slips of paper that said like you are uh, you know trade this in for a bobblehead at halftime uh and it said it said bobbleheads will be handed out at the end of halftime so more on that to come but um yeah we got it it was pretty cool i you know i think it's kind of funny because like um you know our mo at baseball games especially white Sox games is um you know they're handing things out and i'll i'll take the handout jack always passes on the handout <laughs> oh, and yeah. i was like i was thinking like I was thinking afterwards, I'm like, oh, man, if Jack would have passed on this, he would have been upset. And then if he would have yeah. went back, they would have been like, sorry, you, you passed. You passed the first time. You only get one shot at the bobblehead. So, uh, But Jack went got in, went in this time, and uh, it paid off. So, yeah, so that was cool. So we had a slip, uh, and we, had a, we knew that we were going to have to get it at halftime. The section where they were passing them out was right uh, next to where we were sitting. So that was cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, we headed to our seats, I guess. Yeah, there was another... Uh... There was another like thing that they were handing out at the end that I got a funny story about. So uh, oh, yeah. you know we'll, we'll go go on to that later. Uh, for, I think before we sat down, uh, we got some food, uh, which was which was pretty good. Um, I didn't I, I wasn't quite you know we were in line and we were the we were next in the queue and I, I wasn't like quite aware that the guy was ready for me. He was kind of over to the side a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and Jeremy Jeremy gave me a nice little shove towards the guy. I think. <laughs> Jeremy wanted his food real bad, so uh, you know it he, was. He, <laughs> it was. Do you uh, it this? was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a bit more um, hands on than than it probably needed to be, but it was funny because I was like, he caught me off guard. Yeah. Um, and you had just turned around. You had like just turned away from him. I think yes. to say something to me, and then I saw it happen, and I, I was, I, I, I don't know if I was holding something or what, but I like, I couldn't like, yeah, I kind of fumbled to like. To, to tap you and yeah. so I did end up kind of like whacking my hand against the back like your back or something but, <laughs> so it was it, it I it was awkward on my end as well um but uh yeah so it probably felt like I was like pushing you towards the guy or whatever yeah it's, it, it wasn't it was not like on brand for you so it was uh <laughs> it was it was a little striking uh but anyway I decided to get get nachos Literally. they had nachos and then they had chicago nachos i didn't ask what the what the chicago yeah. nachos uh were it, i was dealing with trauma in in the line but like <laughs> yeah physical trauma you're recovering this is yeah. i want to say though this is where me and jack differ because i don't know how jack did it doesn't ask what's the difference between nachos and chicago nachos because i i was dying <laughs> to know um and i'm like i'm like did you ask and, and he's like no and i'm like god damn it i knew i, was, I knew he wasn't gonna ask but I think I did get a glimpse of some sort of like nacho like like flyer or banner that they had and it had like it looked like it had like the the olives and like some sort of like sour cream or something so I I'm guessing that that's what the Chicago nachos were and like the regular nachos are kind of what you're expecting which is just like the nacho cheese and some jalapenos um 
quite honestly, I think when I'm going to like a baseball game or a basketball game and getting nachos, I would rather have the one with just the plain yellow nacho cheese. So yeah, it's I think that nachos like the other ones you described with sour cream and all the other stuff on them. I mean, and now you now you're talking about like the nacho helmet too at the White Sox games. Right. It's, just, it's a little a little too messy um, to eat yeah. at a at a sporting event. It's good for a bar or something, you know. Yes. But yeah, yeah. I, I yeah I, I feel you on that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, never go wrong with the nachos. Yeah, for they were sure. good. They were good. You got you got a Connie's pizza, pizza, pizza. Yeah, so we were speculating what kind of food they would have, and we were. I was thinking. I think I said like you know I'm expecting hot dogs, and like I, I think the most exotic thing they might have is is pizza. Um, so they had that, uh, which I was happy about. I didn't even think they would have nachos, so I figured it would be really bare bones. Um, it wasn't much more beyond that, so that's the extent of what it was but um it was nice to see that they had literal literally connie's pizza so again for people outside of chicago connie's is like a local pizza place and they've done a thing where they're they're like somehow they're the pizza place that's in all of the like event things so growing up like and not just like sporting events but like uh, at the um, Aragon Ballroom in Uptown in Chicago, it's a concert venue. Like, they have Connie's Pizza there. So you mm-hmm. go see, like, you know, Bush in 1998 or something or, like, uh, Alice in Chains or something. And it's like, yeah, man, I'm going to yeah, fucking Alice in Chains, man, but hold on, let me get a slice of pizza, um, which I always – that always, like, threw me. Like, like it's like I'm going to a concert. Like, I'm going to see, like, Weezer – for for Pinkerton and I'm super stoked but let me eat this greasy slice of sausage pizza um but the thing about it is that I love Connie's pizza it's so good and honestly I actually wonder if this is a thing but like um I wonder if like it's like cuz the the thing and maybe it's not as good as I think it is but it's just like a supply and demand sort of thing cuz like you go there I, I the slice of pizza was 7 bucks which is quite expensive for mm-hmm. one slice of pizza oh yeah and who who eats one slice of pizza yeah um, and it wasn't it wasn't a big slice yeah it wasn't it's like it's like you know it's not it's like a thicker pizza and with like a it's 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 kind of like i kind of i don't know if i like this pizza the best but it's like it's like a pan pizza it's not deep dish um it has cheese on top but it's not a thin crust either but no one wants just one slice, even if it is substantial or whatever. I think it was, yeah, it was, it could have been bigger. I, I, I would never, uh, balk at that, but, um, I think, it, I think they get you with supply and demand. They're like, all these people go and they get one slice. They're going to want more. Um, and so that's what like gets them to go seek them out after like outside of the concert or outside of the, the sporting events. So, the thing is, though, they only have, like, one location, I think, and it's, like, in a weird spot, like, in Bridgeport, um, the Pilsen-Bridgeport border. So I have gone there, uh, and I love it, but it's, yeah, it's weird. It's, like, it's a pizza that you only eat, like, one slice at a time or whatever. It's it's, it's a weird concept. Huh, interesting. Um, where Where is Connie's, uh, like, the, that you can go to sit down and eat it? It's, it's, it's like, at this, it's, it's. It's down like Halstead in this like weird no man land between Pilsen and Bridgeport. Like okay. I would have guessed it was in Pilsen, but um, it's weird. And I think that's the only location. I could be, let me try to Google it really quick, but mm-hmm. I think it's like the only location. And like, yeah, they make it uh, for for a place that only has like one location. You know, they're in all these venues and stuff. So I don't know what they did to like get themselves out there, but uh, they did a good job of it. Yeah, it's. 
It's like Archer. It's like twenty. It's like Cermak and Archer. Oh yeah, okay. I yeah, I went there once with my uh, my buddies um, when okay. when I used to live down there. Interesting. Uh, oh, cool, okay. cool. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So that was uh, so the food was uh, actually a success. Nachos were good. The pizza was good. Uh, it was senior night, so it was, it was the last home game of the year. Um, uh, we had speculated that UIC because it was reported in the news that they were not going to be allowed to play uh, in their conference tournament because they're moving to the Missouri Valley Conference next year. Uh, they they must uh, the conference uh, Horizon League must have dropped that grievance because. They are playing, uh, so it was not uh, UIC's last game of the year, but it was the last home game, which is always senior night. So before the game, uh, they had like uh, these these uh, big like blown up pictures of all the players on standees. Uh, there were like five players that they were honoring, five uh, graduate seniors, um, uh, fifth year seniors, I should say. Um, and uh, so yeah, the head coach came out, all their families came out. Etc. Uh, all the pomp and circumstance of a senior night. Uh, yeah, I guess it's always always cool to see. I had no emotional connection to any of these guys. I've, I've been no. to a few senior nights uh, for Marquette, and um, it can be a cool thing when you've been watching a guy for four years to like finally see him graduate and finally see him out there with his family. But um, yeah, it was it was still cool to see. Yeah, I'm, and they were also honoring uh, like team assistants that were also seniors. So there was mm-hmm. this one kid. We didn't write this down in the notes, but there was this one kid. I forgot what his name is. Like. Mark Ocon or something. Uh-huh. I know the last name was Ocon, but I, I want to say David, but I actually knew a kid named Dave, Dave Oaken, mm-hmm. but this is like Ocon. And like, he was walking around like a hot, like he was hot shit. Um, oh yeah. Like he, he was, they said he's going on to teach business or like to go to class. It was weird. He was like there. He was, they said that he was going on to, yeah, like to be a history teacher or something. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I, you kind of got that vibe from a, a little bit, but like a guy who thinks he's like cool, like he's like, Hey, I'm a history teacher, but I hang out with basketball players too. But he was walking around like he owned the damn place. Like he was wearing his like Navy blue UIC shirt and he's like khaki pants and he's like carrying shit. He's still carrying bags for other people, which is, you know, not as glamorous as, as some other thing, like as actually being a base, or like a basketball player is. Sure. Um, but he was still so and like and he like he was carrying like some big bag like right after he got announced and was like being honored he had to like care like lug this big bag over to the bench and then there was uh, so the um, credit union one is that what it's called uh, uh yep uh, arena which I, when I went there it was called the UIC Pavilion which is a cool name it uh, is and it was always called that and then I guess someone I guess credit union one wanted the naming rights for some reason to the stadium. Um, but it's like it's a weird city. It's kind of like the Sears Center, which we went to uh, a couple years ago to see. Um, we saw the G League there, Jack. Uh, G right? League, yeah, Windy City Bulls. <clears throat> yeah, so it's kind of like that stadium in that it's like a three-sided stadium. Like there's seats on three sides, and then one side is um, uh, just kind of open. Uh, they do a lot of concerts at UIC. If you recall the uh, story of uh, the string cheese incident, incident uh, for myself where uh, I was blocked in by hippies. But um, so it's 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 laid out almost like a concert venue. So like three sides have seats and one side can be the stage. Uh, but there was a bunch of like that section was like cordoned off and there was like a bunch of tables and like some like a buffet of food. And it looked like maybe the families of the seniors or, or boosters or someone was were there like getting like a pregame meal. And so this kid, this assistant kid had like some friends over there and he like they're like, hey, hey, Mark, whatever. And like, he's like, hey, guys. And like, he like kind of like slung this bag down and like went over and talked to him. And it's like, hey, man, like you kind of put that bag down kind of heavy. Like you're still you you're a senior and like, you know, it's your night, but you still should be taking care of this bag. And he kind of threw it like 
he was like hot shit. So I don't know. Yeah, that, that that's kind of like um, when we were watching those guys in the bullpen for the, uh, the the Cubs minor league team, and they just had all that tech equipment, and like they're just like setting right. iPad iPads and laptops in the dirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And jocks treating laptops like like a you know a mitt or a Gatorade uh, <laughs> jug or something. Um, yeah. So that was uh, yeah that kid um, was 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 part of the honorees, but um, yeah. So that the whole uh, pomp and circumstance happened. Um, and then uh, yeah, so we we sat down and uh, um, I have this note here. I'm not. I can't remember what it means. So we can skip to the next. <laughs> okay. Thing. I was but, I was wondering. Um, well, the it'll uh, come to me. Sure. Well, eventually the the teams came out um, after senior night for their the final warm ups before uh, before the opening tip. Um, Jeremy, you, you you started laughing. You were getting a kick out of it. All the all the uh, players for UWM were doing dunks uh, in the in the layup line, um, mm-hmm. which you'll which you'll see. I, I Marquette does it sometimes, but that's usually like in the thirty the warm ups that take are like thirty minutes before the game, not the ones that are like five minutes before the game. So it was right. kind of fun to see these guys fucking around. There was one guy on UWM. He, he was number five. Uh, he was not a good basketball player when he would come in later in the game. Uh, he had he had no skills, but he could absolutely jump out of the gym. He was doing all kinds of crazy dunks. Uh, it was it was fun to watch. Markeith Browning the second. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these guys were going crazy. I mean, like, I guess I don't. You know, I also don't like watch too many basketball games from like. You know, we weren't exactly courtside, but like down like on the lower section. Uh, but like these guys were like flying at the rim. I mean, I still think that it was kind of reckless even for like any sort of level of basketball like i felt like the guys were gonna like you know end up in the hoop or like hit their head on like the the rim or something like they were just flying they were like flinging their bodies at the at the at the basket it was kind of funny to watch yeah it was uh it was cool and and all for nothing too you know like dunks (laughs) and, and layup lines but I guess that that's just that's just what these guys do all day. Um, I uh, uh, we had been hanging out a, a couple nights before this, and uh, I, I didn't. I had mentioned this to you then. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't know that UIC's coach uh, was a guy named Luke Yaklich. Um So Luke Yaklich, uh kind of a good story. He uh, he taught taught high school um, and coached at the high school level for 14 years until he got a Division One assistant job at I think it was Northern Illinois. Um, uh, he, it was a, a player, he was a team manager. So he was, uh, he was the Ocon guy of, of, uh, mm. uh, Northern Illinois. I think he's like a Northern Illinois alum or one of, one of those schools. Um, anyway, like one of the guys who played on that team hired him as an assistant coach. So after 14 years of coaching in high school and teaching history, again, like the Ocon guy, I guess, um, he, uh, he got a division one coaching job at the age of like 36. Um, he coached there for a few years then uh, he somehow got an interview uh, for, at, for a Michigan assistant coaching position uh, under John Beeline. So he interviewed for that. He got the job. He coached there for two years. Uh, he was considered like the uh, defensive coordinator, if you will, for that Michigan te- uh, team. Um, Duncan Robinson was on that team. He's in the league now. Um, among other guys, uh, Michigan made a Final Four uh, with him as coach. I believe they were really good the years he was there. Um, eventually, John Beeline left to uh, coach in the NBA for a short time. Um, so his staff broke up. Luke Yaklich uh, took a job as the top assistant at Texas Univer- at the University of Texas under Shaka Smart. So here, here, here we have a guy who's uh, basically been the top assistant at both, both Michigan and Texas, two, two major, major college programs. 
Um, but he wanted to he wanted a, a head coaching job of his own, uh, so he uh, you know he took the UIC job, and I, that had completely flown uh just under my radar i had no idea that he was coaching there so this guy you know he's kind of a big deal he's an up-and-coming coach would not surprise me if he does well at uic uh to see him make a jump to a bigger school um i think that you know there's real potential for him to make uic decent now that they're in a better conference so that'll be uh good for you jeremy for your alma mater um yeah uh yeah so i was uh i was pretty psyched about the guy um, you know, he, he definitely looks like a guy who is going to be a successful basketball coach. He's a sharp dresser. Um, he, you know, he carries himself, uh, he carries, seems to carry himself pretty well. Uh, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to, we'll be able to say we saw that guy when, um, if he ever becomes something big. Yeah, for sure. He's, um, <clears throat> a guy from like the South suburbs. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, um, what, what, what comes of him. I feel like I've, I may, had heard his name too before this season uh, myself. Uh, I can't remember exactly when maybe I've, you know, uh, my, my in-laws have, uh, are associated with, with Northwestern. And so maybe something there, I'm not sure, but, um, but yeah, uh, it was cool to see, um, to see him uh, with the team and maybe to see UIC becoming some somewhat legitimate in college basketball. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. uh there's actually Michigan fans who wanted him to get the job when Beeline left. Uh, you know, Michigan ended up going with Juwan Howard and we all know how that's worked out. So <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if you uh, Luke Yaklich's um, you know, his I don't even know what you would call that. His swipe is as deadly as uh, Juwan <laughs> Howard's. Um, <clears throat> but uh but yeah. By the way, Luke Yaklich is I feel like that's like a vocal warm-up. It's like you need unique New York Luke Yaklich, you know, <laughs> Luke Yaklich, Luke Yaklich. Yeah. Say that three times fast. You can't do it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, de- you know, definitely a memorable name, uh, for sure. In addition to, to probably a pretty good coach. Um, he also had a uh, D Brown on his staff, which was interesting yeah. from what I understand. D Brown, I was reading about, it was a holdover from the previous, um, the previous UIC staff. I don't know what happened to the last UIC coach. I don't know if they fired him or what, but, uh, D Brown was on that staff and he is now um, uh, an assistant under Luke Yaklich. We should say D. Brown of like <clears throat> University of Illinois, um, right? The team that got to the Final Four in yeah. what year was it, Jack? Two thousand. Uh, that might have been two thousand five. I want to say. Um, uh, so I, I think they got to the Final Four in the same year, and and they might have even knocked off uh, UWM um, uh, when UWM made the Sweet Sixteen under Bruce Pearl. Uh, that was my freshman year. I, I don't know if I don't know if they played Illinois or not, but uh, those those teams were good around the same time. So it was either 2004 or 2005. That was that Illinois team that was coached by Bill Self that had uh, uh, D. Brown, Darren Williams, I think it was James Augustine, um, among other players. But D. Brown was the National College Player of the Year in 2005. So that probably was the year they made the Final Four. He played in the league for a little bit for a few different teams. Um, you know, never. Really became a star in the NBA, uh, but uh, yeah, he was a heck of a college basketball player. Uh, they they lost in the championship game actually. To did the, they? Who did, who did they lose to? Florida maybe. UN, UNC. UNC. Okay, um, I remember that. That was 05, right? Yeah, it was. Yep. It was the 04, 05 season. And okay. It happened uh, in April 05. Um, 
But yeah, I actually, Jack, uh, Bill Self built that team, right? But I think Bruce Weber was the coach. Uh, had Self left for Kansas by that point? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, he had. I think because what happened was in 2003, maybe, Roy <clears> Williams <throat> left Kansas for... Uh, uh, North Carolina. That mm-hmm. was after uh, that was after Kansas whooped Marquette in the Final Four, and then Bill Self from there took the Kansas job, and then Bruce Weber, who's a terrible coach, took the <laughs> Illinois, took the Illinois job. Bruce Weber's still coaching at Kansas State, but uh, I think he'll probably be on his way out if he hasn't been fired from there already. But uh, yeah, Bruce Weber, uh, definitely a guy who just made a career out of winning winning with another guy's players um, yep. at uh, at Illinois, and, and we all know that being a college coach is all about recruiting. And building a program, um, but yes, that's a that's a good call, Jeremy. Thank you for that correction. Yeah, I just, I it was um, <clears throat> an exciting time. Uh, Luther Head was the other player on that team, actually. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Um, they they had a big big tall white guy who was like seven foot two. Um, I sorry, James, I just, sorry interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. James Augustine also yeah was on, was on that team. Uh, they had a guy named Nick Smith. I don't know if that's yeah. Either. That was the okay. that was the guy I was referring to. He was, he was real real tall, right? He was like seven yeah. two. Yeah, seven okay. two. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was a it was an exciting time as a like a very um, uh, distant like uh, basketball uh, observer within the state of Illinois. Um, sure. I used to I when I was a little kid, I liked Illinois. I just remember Jeff George. I remember when Jeff George was the quarterback there. Um, and, uh, I even think I maybe wanted to go to Illinois at some point, um, and then quickly decided that that was silly, but did, uh, I know, I know Jeff George on the Falcons. He might've been the number one overall pick, wasn't he? Uh, was he one or three? I think I almost want to say he was a third pick. Okay. Yeah. He went, he got drafted by the Colts. Did he ever play for the bears? I think he did. I think he ended yeah. up on the Bears in the twilight of his career. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a guy who would have ended up on the Bears. Um, oh yeah. But uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah. So so D Brown was there. That was kind of interesting to see. UWM. Um, there was a bit of intrigue uh, for them as well. If we can, mo- uh, we'll move on to them. Uh, they have a guy named Patrick Baldwin Jr. He is the son of uh, UWM head coach Patrick Baldwin Sr. Uh, so Baldwin Jr is uh he came into the season projected as a lottery pick so he is a freshman this year um he was projected to be a one on done one and done could have gone anywhere he wanted duke north carolina kansas Uh, he had his pick he could have gone anywhere chose to play for his dad at uwm uh let us say that patrick baldwin senior he did play at northwestern um apparently he had a pretty storied career there was an assistant coach there under chris collins before taking the uw milwaukee job um, anyway, his son, his son Patrick uh, Jr., projected lottery pick, right? So I was like, ooh, maybe we'll get to see him play. The thing is, he's been out most of the year with an injury. Um, he's barely played. It certainly hurt his draft stock. And uh, you kind of have to wonder, like, is he really, like, injured? Or are they kind of just, like, are him and his dad kind of just holding him out because they know he's going to be a draft pick anyway and there's no sense in him getting hurt in college? I don't know. He certainly did not have great body language. He he wasn't he wasn't dressed for the game. He was just in a, a sweatsuit. Uh, he didn't do the layup line. Uh, uh, didn't have great body language. Wasn't really high fiving any of the players or even talking no. to them at all. No, he uh, wasn't talking to anyone. No one was talking to him. He seemed no. like persona non grata. He it was he, a it was kind of like a Justin Verlander. World Series Astros uh, kind of situation. Well, it certainly was, and I think that if you're one of those other guys on UWM, you know, and, and most of these guys, Jeremy, that's like uh, 
they're not going. They're not maybe not even going to play professionally. I would say I would say UWM had maybe one or two guys who will even play overseas professionally. Mm-hmm. But if that Baldwin Junior is playing, they they would have been one of the top teams in their conference. They would have had a chance to make the conference tournament, uh, make the NCAA tournament. They certainly mm-hmm. would have made headlines. Um, uh, having this like one and done stud on a school at a school like UWM, um, and uh, you know the guy just sat out all year. And certainly thinks he's yeah. better than certainly thinks he's better than everybody on the team. Definitely, yeah. Um, it was a weird, it was a weird look, a weird vibe. And I would say if I was on that team, I would be trying to make friends with that guy so he could at least throw me some tickets, like at some point later on when he <laughs> goes to the NBA, because that's you know that's about the best. You know, you'd want to become like somewhat of a, like getting in that guy's like you know contacts list or something. So maybe you could reach out for a favor at some point later on in, in life when he's successful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or just get into his entourage, even you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, even that better. would be that would be great. But uh, anyway, I guess we'll be able to say that um, we saw him on the sidelines um, once he once he becomes a a player in the NBA. His dad, though, uh, his dad is definitely just a uh, you know I forget what the name of that minor league coach we saw was in South Bend. Um, that manager who like couldn't yeah. get the jersey uh, on the kid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I forget That's what that right. guy's name was, but but Patrick Buddy, Baldwin, Buddy Bailey, maybe. Buddy, yeah, it might have been Buddy Bailey, but Patrick Baldwin Senior is kind of the basketball equivalent of that guy. Uh, uh, Baldwin Senior, he's he's just a crusty lump of basketball, you know. Yeah. Like you you look at this guy, and there's just there's nothing he could possibly be but a basketball coach. He's just he's just like that typical uh, coach who just like first of all he's a very he's a really big guy. Um, I mean he he's tall, but he's also like he's probably about maybe six four, two hundred fifty pounds just without um looking at his measurements and he's not like buff he's like uh you know he's just like a, a big uh a big dude and uh he just he he yells uh a lot and uh he seems to really like get on his players and ride his players he's just a i don't know just a quintessential quintessential coach yeah, definitely. He even even visually resembles like other college coaches I've seen before. Yeah, so just like just a, a crusty kind of a crusty guy, but um, you know who knows? Maybe he can turn UWM into something. Jeremy UWM in the early two thousands was actually a good program. So they were uh, they were coached. Uh, I think it was two thousand one to you know very very briefly they were coached by uh, Bo Ryan, uh, who is almost a sure Hall of Fame coach. He uh, after UWM he took the Wisconsin Badgers job. Uh, Badger fans call him Saint Bo. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, you know, famously, uh, had an affair with a student, uh, also had an affair with his massage therapist, might've had somebody killed in an auto zone parking lot. Um, but he was all, he was a great, great, uh, great basketball coach. Um, you know, then they, then you, then UWM had Bruce Pearl, uh, as well. Bruce Pearl, like I mentioned, got them to the sweet 16. They were good. Bruce Pearl famously one of the biggest cheaters, uh, in the last 20 years, college basketball he uh, got fired for cheating at tennessee probably is cheating at auburn right now but auburn is one of the top teams in the country they've been a top five team all year so bruce pearl uh also a really good coach definitely also a scumbag but you know character aside <laughs> uwm had some good coaches and they were a good program for a little while um they stink now they've they've stunk for the last 15 years even though they made the tournament maybe once or twice in that time they got lucky caught lightning in a bottle won the horizon league tournament but yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from as a UWM fan, I guess. 
it, it's funny, Jack. I feel like there's been a couple times on this podcast where you've kind of double clutched about us going somewhere, like going there for some uh-huh. for a couple of things. Sure. But but when you get going on like uh, Wisconsin related and maybe just like Wisconsin basketball related things. I feel like you've definitely put us in, in legal jeopardy sometimes. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I think you've, you've definitely, uh, said some damning things about, uh, Bo Ryan. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if we were, if we had a little more listenership, I definitely think we could be facing some legal, uh, things with some of the <laughs> hey, accusations you've put out there, but uh, this is, this is nothing that hasn't been said on uh, message boards. And, uh, well, I know I, what those people are kooks. Like we can't, you know, they don't have a, a podcast, I guess. Like, uh, they're, they're faint, they're nameless, uh, usernames. So yeah, know. no, th- this is true. And then this is, this is all speculation. This is all stuff I've read, but you know, Hey, <laughs> let's we, we, we can laugh about it. And, uh, Bo Ryan <laughs> is, uh, you know, the, the guy, the guy's an asshole, but, uh, I'll say this. I come, please come for us. Cause it means people are listening. Like <laughs> we could, again, we could use the publicity. So please come at us. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy, I think the Badgers are, are my equivalent of, uh, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals for you. Sure. Oh yeah. I, I don't like the Badgers either, but, um, but yeah, not as much as, as you don't. Uh, so yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, bad, bad stuff. Well, I remember it, what it, yeah. it was something about the, the, the brewers and, uh, maybe a relative of yours who heard something. And I think that was repeated on the podcast. And I was thinking that might not, that maybe shouldn't be repeated on the podcast, but well, I, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I should have, uh, maybe I should have thought twice before talking about how Bo Ryan possibly had someone killed in an auto zone parking lot. But, uh, <laughs> Hey, you know, who knows? Maybe it maybe it did happen. I don't know. Um, I'm sure. Uh, you know, the AutoZone parking lot is a free-for-all. I mean, people <laughs> certainly people are changing their oil when the sign says don't change your oil here. But, um, yeah, there's there's bigger things going on there as well. Um, so, uh, all right. So that that's where I'm, I'm coming from for uh, as a UWM fan. But uh, anyway, the game started. I did think it was odd. So they did uh, player introductions. And uh, they, they did that thing for UIC's intro where they turned all the lights down. And like mm-hmm. they played an intro video and stuff, that seems like a lot for the fact that there were 800 people there. But um, yeah. I guess the the players probably like that. They see it at at arenas everywhere. So why not why not do it for UIC? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I I feel like I don't know. I feel like there's no threshold when for like uh, for people doing that. I've seen it. I feel like at that that soccer that indoor soccer team I worked for, they did something like that too, and it just seems like. It's like, especially in Chicago, like number one, it's like, you can't come close to the bulls doing it. But number two, it's like, you can't be in Chicago and not want to do it after seeing the bulls do it. So I guess I can see that. But, uh, there was a lot of things that seemed like, is any of this worth it? Because there were so few people there. Like I kind of felt bad for the, the seniors a little bit because they were getting announced and, you know, uh, waving at the fans and being like, uh, recognized, but they had to have looked out in the stands and saw like 200 people there like at the time like this is pregame like so i was like i I was i kind of felt bad i I felt like they were like at best they were thinking like what you know what are we doing here like like why are we doing going through any of this hoopla for for nobody yeah um they uh uh and it's it's such a big contrast like when you think about a uic game as opposed to uh you know a a high major college basketball game where there'd be eighteen thousand people in the stands uh cheering these kids on so yeah, there's definitely a, a lot of a lot of disparity there uh, among the uh, the top and bottom schools. Um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, that section that was kind of cordoned off for the uh, 
the the met like uh, uh, I was about to say members the uh, uh, the like possibly the, yeah the boosters possibly the boosters or big donors uh, maybe maybe family of the players but uh, like four seconds into the game it was after the opening tip the opening tip happened and it got like tipped backwards. And one of the players for UIC tried to recover the ball. The ball was, like, heading towards the basket. He didn't make the play. He didn't recover it. And he ran right into the barrier that was, like, you know, blocking these donors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's just, like, the, the, entire, the entire set, like, came crashing down four seconds into the game. Yeah, yeah. He went hard uh, into, into that, like, <clears throat> that side line. And, um, yeah, knocked this, like, aluminum, these aluminum poles over. And uh, there was even, like, this, like mat this like i think it was padding which actually was probably ended up being helpful to him but it was like this like rolled up mat or something that he kind of crashed into and uh i think that maybe saved his fall but i did see them pick it up and take it out of there right after that happened so it probably wasn't supposed to be there and like if he would have like tore his acl running into that that probably would have been bad yeah who's the who's the white Sox like who, who was the player that tore his acl at that white Sox game oh yeah dustin fowler for the uh I think he was on the he was on the A's and the Yankees. I I can't remember what team he was on at the time when he did it, but he like ran into like the phone box on the side of this field and like tore his ACL and he's he never he was like a he was a highly touted prospect and he was never the same after that. And then the next day they put some like pad <laughs> padding on the box. It's like a little too late for that, but Yeah, Jesus, in- inexcusable. Um but yeah. yeah, I guess I suppose that kind of reminded me of that. So that was that was a little striking. Um so they they're running this promotion at this game, and they do this at, at a lot of college basketball games. They do it at Marquette games, where if uh, in the second half a player on the visiting team misses two consecutive free throws, uh, the fans get a free something. Um, yep. At Marquette games, it's a free small shake from Shake Shack. Uh, so the idea being that, like, you know, fans are going to go crazy trying to get this player to miss free throws, um, you know, get loud, get crazy. And then, like, if he misses the first one, they get even louder. And then if he misses the second one, it's like, you know, everybody, it's, it's euphor- euphoria. Yep. Um, so in this case, it was a, a free pita from this restaurant called Roti, which is, yep. uh, what, I mean, I, I've been to Roti, Jeremy, but what okay. could you describe what kind of food they serve? It's a Mediterranean. It's yep. like a pita plate. Like, so, no. yeah, it's, it's Mediterranean. You can get falafel or shawarma. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can get it in a salad or a bowl or a pita. Yeah, yeah um, and this is, uh, you know, you, this is one of those restaurants that they mostly have, like, uh, just, you know, downtown in, like, the first floor of an office building. Or the um, suburbs. Yeah, sure, yeah. or the suburbs. Uh, I've been to, to one of the ones downtown. They're not, they're not really plentiful. You know, maybe there's a, maybe nope. there's a couple of them. But, uh, anyway, um, you know, if that happened uh, at the end of the game, they'd pass you out a free a coupon for some free roti, some free uh, a free pita. So we'll yeah. just we'll we'll just tell the second half of this story right now since we're on the subject. Okay. But okay. Uh, but uh, you know, so ultimately, like they did, uh, a player on UWM, I think it was number five, did miss it two was. free. Th- yeah, there you go. Like I said, no basketball skills on this guy, but he's a he's a he can jump out of the gym. Anyway, he, he misses two free throws in pretty ugly fashion. And, uh, you know, free roadie, a free pita for everybody. So as we're wa- – Jeremy knows damn well that I don't uh, – that I never take, like, anything that anybody gives me at these games. Yep. And so yep. we're walking out of the stadium, and, and so, the, like, these people are passing out these free roadie things. And Jeremy just, like – he kind of says it under his breath. He goes, hey, Jack, why don't you grab one of those? 
um, yeah. n- knowing that I was going to give it to give it to you. So I uh, I certainly did. It was uh, it was it was a funny thing, Jeremy. You <laughs> the the way you said it to me, you you made very clear that you know I was going to grab one of those things or else. Yes. Yeah. That absolutely. Um. Uh. Hundred percent transparent about that. I think I tried to say. Um, hey Jack, grab one of those even if you're not gonna use it. Uh, I, yeah, that might have been what that might have been what you said. Yeah, maybe I didn't manage to get all of that out, but by the time but by that time you had already we were already upon them and and you grabbed one. Uh and then you <laughs> actually you did I even feel like you humored me a little and you're like you you got it, you looked at it for like a half a second, you're like, Well, here you go, Jer, or something like that. <laughs> and like but even like you kinda like even pretended like to consider like, am I gonna use this or not? Um but you handed it right over to me, uh, which is cool, you know, is what I assumed would happen. We walked out and we were like, Yeah, those are one of those places where there's like, you know, no locations. It's similar to what the White Sox do with the Bona beef mm-hmm. uh beef race. Um, you can't get a bone of beef. It turns out there is one like downtown, like in the Gold Coast or whatever. I saw um, I, I was over there for, for something and I saw one. Um, but again, not convenient. Certainly not any in any like neighborhood where you could drive to. Um, but yeah, sure. So you got one. I So I had two. Um, postscript to that story, Jack, uh, is that uh, I came home. I showed my wife who has also had roti before. Uh, I'm like roti 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 like free roti and um and you know we she was she was pretty uh happy to see that i i looked it up there is one location at uh sheffield and uh north avenue which is like mm. um near north side it's like the near north neighborhood um so jack i'm happy to report that last night after my wife got home from work we hopped in the old uh honda fit and drove over there and we both had ourselves a free dinner well, you're welcome, Jeremy. Uh, first of all, for that, that's 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 fantastic. Because um, yeah, I, I had asked you when when they needed to be redeemed by, and I think you said March first, right? Yeah, March first or March second or whatever. Okay. So yeah, like yeah, like tomorrow or yeah. Well, how was it? Uh, it was delicious. Uh, nice. I, okay. Yeah. Um, always a big fan of uh, the Mediterranean or Middle Eastern food or whatever. And like, I mean, it, this is like uh, chain restaurant level but it's pretty good um the one look this one location because i so i had been to it to roti in the suburbs um at, at my job when it was up in the suburbs and i could just drive there and everything uh this this city location not not the nicest one i would say is they uh-huh. seemed a little um kind of all over the place and we we, we happened to walk in at some random like busy moment uh we dined in because it was kind of a little bit a ways away um, and it wasn't, you know, I think it probably could have used a, a once over like in the cleaning. Um, but, uh, and then it's one of those things where you like pick all your toppings. And so there's always some like, uh, uncertainty there. Like, am I picking the right stuff? But, uh, it all turned out really well. It's pretty, pretty tasty food. I actually feel like they've rebranded themselves a little bit to like, instead of just getting like a pita with pick all your toppings, they have, they now have like prefab ones where with names so it's like the it's like the the pita the pita pillow or like the pita pete or something like the the the, oh there was one called flip the bird and it was like a chicken pita or something and so it's like i guess they're trying to make it easier for people to order instead of just 
picking their toppings. But uh, sure, yeah, I gotta say the food quality was still pretty good. So there you go. Oh, that's good. I like it. Did you did you really say roti roti roti? I did. I did. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. We were saying it for two days because we were already planning to go. But all uh, right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, nothing tastes better than a free food, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, there so you that go, was a twelve. So, so here's another thing. So that it was a, it was valid up to a twelve dollar thing. So that that pita was twelve dollars. So between wow. the the bobblehead and the pita, uh, I they paid me to go to the damn game. So. <laughs> yeah, always a win. I always got a win. You know, whether UIC or the Cubs or whoever wins, Jeremy always gets the win. So right, right, for sure. You know, hey, and money uh, money won is twice as sweet as as money earned. Right? Is that what they say? <laughs> That's a good um, one, yeah. Yeah, maybe it goes the same for food. Uh, okay, yeah, what is this uh, UIC all-perimeter team that rings a bell? Well, I just, I, you know, after the game was, like, the game was happening and everything, and actually um, uh, Milwaukee got out to an early lead. Um, it would turn out to be, like, a brief one. Uh, but, like, UIC was just firing from the perimeter pretty much the whole game. Like, sure. they, they there were not many drives uh, into the lane, um, uh, and they were really living off of their, like, Three pointers in mid range uh, game, I would say, uh, but they were they were sinking their shots, so they they ended up kind of taking the lead after maybe I don't know f- five ten minutes of the first half, I would say. Yeah, um, and you know they never really gave it back in the second half. They kind of just yeah. punched punched uh, Milwaukee in the mouth, um, and seemed like they were ahead by about seven to ten points the whole se- this whole the whole second half. So it was never really. The outcome was never really in doubt after about the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. UWM had one pretty good player. His name was Golston. Um, mm-hmm. He was he was solid. He scored maybe about 20 points. Uh, they had a couple other guys who looked okay. They had this big guy named Joey St. Pierre who was a, a big who, who – he be, he could be a backup center on a, a high major – a middling high major team, I think. Um, uh, it was, it was kind of hard to tell if UIC had any standout guys. They, yeah. they had this guy named Diggs. Who was pretty good? Diggins, yeah. Diggins, is it Diggins? Okay. Um, yeah, they all their guys seemed kind of about the same level. Like they had three guys, I think Brandon Battle, Demaria Franklin, who's actually a junior, and this Michael Diggins. Um, that seemed pretty. Good. I would say Diggins maybe was a little, maybe like a, a a nose, or actually Kevin Johnson was the other guy too. Um, so those guys, maybe it was Johnson, Franklin, and uh, Diggins, but um, those guys kind of stood out. Uh, Diggins maybe a little uh, ahead of the other ones. Um, he was um, uh, Diggins, like got an award for like uh, you know hitting like the all-time scoring leader for UIC, and I think I think he like leads. I think they said he kind of like leads UIC in all like major scoring categories. It seems like. Yeah, or he he was at least the active leader in in all of those. Uh, all oh, maybe those. maybe that's what it was, active leader. But but uh, yeah. still, it's still no joke though. He's you know obviously their best player it seems. Yeah, yeah, I would say he was a little bit above the other guys. Um, uh, yeah, they also they also honored another senior, Jamie Hale, I guess is how you mm-hmm. say it. A H A L E. He's from Australia and he sucked. He like couldn't hit. He couldn't sink one shot. No. Um, he he kept going. To, to the well too and just couldn't couldn't get anything to 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 drop um and his numbers are not that good uh uh overall either so he's just he's just like a senior who was on his way out and they were giving him some pt uh for this game yeah um uh 
the also Luke Yaklich's kid uh, was I don't know if he was a scholarship player or a walk on seemed like a walk on but he was on UIC as well they had this other uh, we can we can talk about these guys later but this other walk on who would eventually get into the game um, so that that was that was an area of interest too to see if those guys would make it ultimately they did we can talk about that uh, a little bit later but yeah I, I do I did wonder Jeremy when I saw that if that that was going to be Luke Yaklich's what his offense was going to look like it was just a yeah. ton of a ton of three pointers. Um, he, I, he's, he hasn't been there long enough to really get his own personnel in there. He's only been there for two years. So once he starts getting some recruiting classes in, it'll be interesting to see the kind of, kind of player he tries to recruit and the type of offense he tries to run. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see. Um, so we, we, uh, the bobbleheads, so we had the coupons for the bobbleheads. Um, the, they said that you could not get it until the end of halftime, which seemed a little bit strange. Yeah, it was weird. The um uh the the thing said that they'll be had like redeem this for your bobblehead at halftime and then it said at the bottom like they will be handed out at the end of of halftime. Um we wanted to like go we we kind of missed like any sort of souvenir stand when we first walked in, like merch stand. Um and then they made an announcement like it's located in this section. So it was the other way where our seats were. So we just, we turned left instead of right. Um, so we wanted to check that out at halftime, but we also wanted to get the bobbleheads. Um, I was anticipating like kind of like a dumb long line for the bobbleheads um, at halftime and like halftime started. And like, I was watching people kind of scramble up on the concourse behind us. So I was kind of urging us to kind of go and get in line. Um, we did end up going up there. And like, by the time we got there, like the line was pretty long and it wasn't moving. It was just sitting there. And some like uh, facilities guy from from UIC was walking by uh, some like uh, game day ops guy was walking by and he's like, we're going to start handing out the bobbleheads with five minutes left in in halftime. And we we're like, why? Like, why would why was there like why were they queuing people up? Because um, we wanted to go um, look at merch and may, maybe get something like maybe get like a hat or something. Definitely maybe get some more food. And it's like. They're just tying all these people up in line. It didn't make any sense. Um, we were thinking maybe like they wanted people to go buy stuff at the beginning of halftime and then go line up, but people just stayed in line. So it didn't make any sense. Um, and like the line just kept getting longer and longer. And uh, the guy passed by us a couple times. Um, I mean, it was kind of silly. It was all for, you know, it was all kind of nothing in the end because they did start the line and it moved really quick and we got our bobbleheads and then we just went to check out the merch. But it, it was, it, it just seemed like it didn't make sense. And I, I can't really rationalize what the point of doing it was. No, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Why the end of halftime, like you said, uh, I thought maybe there was some, like they wanted people to all like visit the concession stands at the first part of it. But uh, nobody, like you said, everybody just stayed in line, so nobody was buying anything. That was literally yeah. the worst. That was the worst thing they could have done. If if you would have just if you could have just picked your bobblehead up right away, you could have gone to the concession stand. Um, Which is not even to say why didn't they just hand them out even at the gate? I, that didn't make any sense either. Like why didn't they hand them out when you when you walk in like every other uh, event in North America? <laughs> um, but but yeah, so like I mean that was that it, it, I don't know it didn't make any sense. So. Um, but we got him, no problem. Uh, yeah, but yeah. 
and then we we were actually going to get more food, but the food the food line was just slammed. The food so, line uh, got crazy. Yeah, it did. Uh, it looked like every, like half the stadium wanted to buy food, and it would have been a, a probably a half hour wait. So forget about it. We didn't get more food. I was contemplating getting a piece of pizza. Jeremy was contemplating getting a second. Um, yeah. but uh, no dice. I've heard Jeremy say before. You know, sometimes he'll finish something and he'll say, "My only re- regret is I didn't get two. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was tough. I mean, it's kind of sucks to spend fourteen dollars on two pieces of pizza. Um, but uh, I forgot to say this at the at the at the beginning. Like, I was feeling this kind of like bit of school spirit and stuff. And uh-huh. um, there, there again, like you know, I think just when you go to a college basketball game, everyone who's working there is, uh, you know, doing like work study uh, or whatever, like work, just like a on campus job. And so I'm sure these kids who were working at the concession were also UIC students. Oh, and yeah. I. I I wanted to be like, hey, uh, you're, you go you go to school here? I'm like, yeah, I was, a, I, was I went here too. Like, what, what are you majoring in? Like, I wanted to, like, make small talk with these kids yeah. uh, for some reason, just for, like, some sense of, like, uh, school spirit. But um, they were like, you know, what, you know, what kind of, what kind of pizza, sir? Like, so, like, they were just trying to, they are just trying to do their job. And uh, certainly with the line, like, you know, 40 people deep, it wouldn't have been a good time to... <laughs> to make small talk. But yeah, it was just, I was feeling some a weird sense of school spirit when I first got there. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, th- you know, that, that would have been interesting if you would have, uh, if you would have done that. Um, and you got another chance when we went to the, the, the souvenir stand as well. Uh, uh right. yeah. Uh, what, what did you think of that merch that was there? Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, um, you know, bare bones. Like there was a couple t-shirts and like hoodies and stuff. There was like a scarf, I think, and some kind of like silly hats. Uh, it was all kind of just generic like stuff. Like there was like a t-shirt that said like UIC flames, maybe some of it was just general like school stuff. Like, you know, you just go to the campus bookstore and buy like a hoodie. Um, none of it necessarily appealed to me. Like if I was going to get something, I'd like to get maybe the UIC flames baseball hat, like the actual one that the players wear. Um, there was a cool hoodie that had like this just basic, like circle logo with the UIC, uh, inside of it that kind of looked like the logo when I was there. So I was like, I'm like, that would be maybe cool to get, but I don't really have school spirit. So like, I don't, I didn't have it then. And I, I don't really have it. I have, if anything, I have a little bit of it more now, but then I was just like some kind of like, trying to be want to be hipster like film student um not uh into sports or anything like or into the campus sports so um so yeah so i i didn't i passed on everything um uh but uh, i would be open to like you know if we do end up going to a baseball game later uh this this um season uh i would be interested i was actually thinking jack like maybe we get there early and maybe we can hit up the, the actual like campus bookstore and maybe they'll have more stuff there actually yeah, I, I bet they, you know, I, I said this to you, uh, you know, a couple of days ago was that I, I would kind of be down for buying a, a UWM hat, too, um, yeah. for like their baseball team. So, uh, hey, maybe we can maybe we can start to show a little bit more school spirit because yeah, I've, you sure. know, I've certainly been I've certainly lacked in that category as well, even though, hey, and why, you know, why should we, though? Like for as far as the athletics <laughs> go, the teams yeah. suck usually. It, so, it, yeah, it was I'm sure if I went to a Big Ten school, I would have managed to find my way to a, a, a football or a, a basketball game for sure um but they they did pass out scorecards jeremy got one um i don't usually i used to get programs at basketball games when i was a kid but i i don't really do it anymore um but they, they did have a scorecard where you actually could have kept score 
which was interesting. I've never, I don't think I've ever kept score at a basketball game. Okay. I mean, you've never seen anything like this, have you, Jack? At a basketball game? Uh, no, no, I, I, I don't think I have. So it's the weirdest thing. Okay, so yes, there was a score. They were handing out scorecards, and I saw them when we walked in, but I, I didn't, I didn't think they were scorecards. I thought they were like little program pamphlet sort of things, which would have been useful to have anyway because we. When we first got there, I think we both pulled up the roster on our phones and we're trying to follow these guys. But so they had a scorecard, like a real, like, like a on card stock, like fold open scorecard, like you would get at a Cubs game. Um, and it has a cool picture on the front of like the seniors and senior night. Um, and it actually, it also showcases the uniforms that they were wearing, which were like, I think special, I think they were special uniforms for this night. They, they maybe weren't, but they were like baby blue. They were very Chicago centric. They had the, the um, two bars and the four stars on the side of the shorts, like the Chicago city flag, the, the shirt, the jerseys um, were the Chicago city flag, baby blue color. And then the shorts had like this, the, the Chicago skyline on them. So they're pretty cool Chicago centric jerseys. So it's cool to get a, a, like a nice picture that depicts those. But then inside, like it has, um, it has like both rosters. Like you're looking at a lineup card. Um, and then on the right side next to the guys, it actually has like this section field goals, free throws, fouls, and total. And then you can like circle like, and then it says like two, 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 three, 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 three. And then free throws, it has one, 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 one and fouls. It goes one to five. So you actually circle when they get these, points or baskets or fouls or whatever so you actually could keep score i've never seen anything like it it's pretty cool and i i almost like would have liked to go back to another game and actually keep score i maybe even would have entertained keeping score at this game um but it's pretty damn cool like it, it has like everything you want it has all the players like where they're from their high schools or maybe their colleges their vitals and uh, the coaching staff and some like facts and figures. It has their records. Um, it has their schedule. Like it's everything you would want. Um, it's pretty damn sweet. And yeah, I gotta say I'm glad I have it. Um, but like I gotta say, this really the whole thing about the scorecard is it, it fucking really makes the White Sox look bad. Like if we didn't, you know, like as if we you know need a reason to kind of rag on the White Sox. It's like. The UIC Flames are handing out scorecards that are really good and informative, and the White Sox still, you know, they they went away from they've they're going on what like four years now without scorecards, Jack. Yeah, uh, at least since we started doing the podcast, right? So yeah. this will be the this will be the fourth season where they don't have them. Yeah, so it's crazy. Like you can go to a White Sox game or a UIC Flames basketball game and get a better scorecard than you can get at a White Sox baseball game. It's it, that's messed up, and that's. You know, that's further damning fodder for the White Sox. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, I think uh, it, it should have, like, a like a field goals thing. So I think you either put a, a hash through it if they make the shot yeah. or a circle through it if they miss it or something like that. I, I don't know. I've, uh, I think I, you just I, count up, like, you know, however many, ba- like, you know, as they score baskets. And, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's it's cool. I've never even thought of the concept of, uh, I mean, I suppose if a guy, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six times two is uh, 12 times two is 24. So if a guy scores more than 24 points, you're kind of boned, but like, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, with these two teams, that probably won't happen, <laughs> but yeah. No, no. Um, well, yeah. So, uh, so interesting. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, next time we can keep score the whole, the whole game through or at least try. 
Um, we got on the uh, the scoreboard for the first time, the Jumbotron. We got on there for the first time ever. Uh, it was the, fi- the fist pump cam. So uh, all of a sudden I saw Jeremy pumping his fist. Uh, he, Jeremy was the guy who was like kind of out of range of the camera, but he got his arm in there and then they, <laughs> and then they panned up to us and yeah, we started, I, we started pumping our fists. I actually think they did it because of me. Like yeah. they were showing like, there was like a group of like four girls, like maybe like two or three rows ahead of us and it was on them. Um, but I like leaned over and like, I started pumping my fist like a row, like in the row in front of us. And like, you could see my hand in the top of the shot. So they, yeah, they tilted up and, and they kind of. And zoomed out a little bit and got the whole section. And so we were on it for that. Uh, so that was pretty funny. Um, and it was one of the few things that they did, fan fan things that they did. They did a little, like, they did some kind of, like, dance thing at halftime. But we were, we were like, running around, so we didn't really see it. Um, and uh, that's kind of it. I feel like they didn't really do too many fan interactive things, which is kind of odd for a you know a game like this but maybe they didn't do it because there were so few people in the stands i don't know yeah that was no it, it definitely they definitely did not do much um uh yeah there wasn't a whole lot of between the uh you know between the timeouts sort of stuff they did have a band uh every uh, yeah. every good college basketball game needs to have a pep band the band was uh it was not big i'd say it was maybe a dozen people in total uh really really yeah. not many people in that band no, but it did. I think Jack, you made the 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 remark that it sounded it sounded better when we were in person. Maybe I said that. I don't remember. But uh-huh. um, but yeah, they. I don't know. That, that tuba player was really kind of cutting through uh, the mix, um, so you could kind of feel that when you were down in the bowl. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought they did a pretty decent job for themselves. Like they had a a, a a drummer with a whole drum set, and they were playing some some rocking tunes. They played uh, separate ways by Journey, which I think is. Uh, uh, a good one. Um, I always say um, that would be my entrance song if I was a wrestler. Okay. Uh, Separate ways by Journey. Um, they played some. They were playing some classics too. Um, some like 50s, 60s classics. They played another song, and they would also sing too, which like I guess that does happen sometimes. But um, yeah, they would like actually stop and sing some of the songs too. So I don't know. It was. Uh, I, I I thought they did a good job for what they were. Yeah, uh, they played that one song, uh, "Hey Baby, uh, Would You Be My Girl?" By I, I always forget who who did that song, but that's um, that you'll you'll hear that at every college basketball game for sure. Yeah, I think I don't know if that's a one hit wonder, um, but yeah, that's I, yeah, that's a good one. It's a classic. Yeah, um, yeah, oh yeah, every every basketball game you go to, you'll hear that one. Um, they uh, uh, there was a guy sitting next to me. He was by himself. He looked like he was about seventeen or eighteen. He also looked like he was about seven feet tall. Um, uh, yeah, he was sitting next to me, though. He was dressed like a jock. So I was assuming that he was uh, being recruited by UIC. Uh, I didn't say anything to him. I should have I just turned to the kid and said, like, hey, man, are, are, you, like, are you being recruited? Like, you look tall. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't say anything to him. He was wearing the same jacket as Jeremy. So that could have been an in, too. I, I could have been like, hey, man, you got, the, you got the same jacket as my buddy. Um, <clears throat> uh, it was, I, I started laughing and I started choking too, but I, I, I noticed that like late on, later on in the game and Jack said, uh, Hey, maybe that can be your in to, to start talking to this guy. And yeah. I felt it was in the same way, like you tried to will me into doing that in the same way that I tried to will you into getting that free roti card. I think <laughs> <laughs> like we really, we, we both really would have helped each other out if we had done that for each other. I could have sure. got us talking to this kid and, 
and you could have got me some free food. But uh, yeah, it was not to be. I, I do remember him showing up and like initially I, it looked like actually he was maybe sitting closer to where I was sitting. But then he saw us sit down. So he just sat down because he he came in. He had a box of popcorn. He was by himself. And he it looked like he started going down the road because I saw him, Jack. He came in the same time that, that you that we came in. So as you were sitting down, I saw him coming up behind you. And then I think he just decided to plop down. Um, but yeah, it was weird. He was there by himself the whole time and he stayed for the whole game. Um, and like, yeah, we were speculating that, uh, yeah, he was maybe a recruit or, um, they were scouting him and yeah, like we're showing him in the game. I don't know, but like, uh, sure. Yeah, he and didn't he, say anything. Yeah. Those, and th- those kids will like the, the kids who are being recruited, they can, they can get tickets to any game, like in the city, just like colleges will just give them free tickets. It would happen at Marquette all the time. Like you would see, you would see like local, uh, really good high school players at games. So that's just the thing that happened. I uh, wish I would wish I would have talked to him and found out what was going on because uh, I'm, you know, somewhat interested in, in uh, college basketball recruiting. But maybe maybe he'll pop up uh, on TV or at a game in the future and we'll recognize him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I wonder if, wonder if he's still got that jacket. Uh, so they did a T-shirt toss. Um, it looks like there's a funny quote here that I missed. So yeah, so they were they did the T-shirt toss and um, uh, <clears throat> I was you know. You, especially with Jack. Jack is not a uh, uh, nope. a boisterous kind of guy. I mean, not he a hates t-shirt a, toss guy. Either. He hate he hates the t-shirt toss, uh, as mentioned in like maybe like the first or second episode of One this of podcast. One of the first episodes, yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, and I'm you know I try to look cool. At this point, I really have nothing left to look cool about. Like I'm just a guy um, in the, you know, uh, like approaching my middle ages here. Um, so, um, I guess it doesn't matter if I stand up and look like a a dork, uh, trying to get a t-shirt. So I was like, uh, and plus it's UIC. So, you know, it'd be cool to have a UIC t-shirt again. I'm not paying for any of this stuff. I just want it for free. Um, but, uh, so I was like, I was kind of selling out for a t-shirt and, uh, I did yell, I yelled, um, I had my mask on and I yelled like, Hey, t-shirt, I want a t-shirt. I'm like, I went here for five and a half years, which is true. I, uh-huh. I, I think I, I, I don't, I was telling Jack, I don't even remember when I graduated anymore. So that's how, that's how I'm getting up there in years. I know it wasn't four years. I think I went to school for five and a half years. Um, okay. you know, and part of those years were like part of the reason why that led into that car, car accident, just being kind of like just not into it like uh mentally um but uh so there was a couple years there that i didn't really didn't really try too hard i think um Uh but uh but yeah so i think i went there five and a half years as i yelled that and uh (laughs) uh the only person who heard me was the was the basketball guy next to jack so he he looked at me and uh then I was like, uh, "This I'm just gonna sit down." <laughs> oh man, um, I uh, my first job ever was at this place uh, was at was at Taco Bell. Uh, I was at a Taco Bell in um, you know my hometown, and uh, there was this guy. Uh, I forget what his name was, but anyway, he he one time he he bragged that he he took eight years of high school. So uh, <laughs> he had you beat there, man. Yeah, I that's think... that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's hard. It's hard to do, man. Yeah, that's yeah. it's hard to do. Uh, uh, okay, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I missed that one. I never knew you were in college for five and a half years. So that's uh, that's a good I, one. I think it was five and a half years. I and I initially switched my major from psychology to to film because I didn't want to be in school for like, I for you know six years or seven years, whatever it would have taken to get my PhD. 
and uh it turns out i you know i was almost there that long anyway so there you sure. go sure there you go. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, the end of the game happened, uh, and they uh, like they do on senior night, especially when the, when the game is decided, uh, only when the game is decided. They uh, took all the seniors out at the end so they could all get a uh, standing ovation from the crowd, which kind of didn't really happen. Nobody really cared. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, they took the seniors out. They put the walk-ons in, so Luke Yaklich's kid got into the end. Luke Yaklich, you, Luke Yaklich there you go, Jeremy, uh, yep. the tongue twister. Uh, Yaklich's kid was six six, so he, you know, he he is a probably a, a basketball player. They also brought in this weird guy. He was a walk in. He was a, a walk on, just a micro guy. He looked it, like you know, uh, it, like he had the body of a definitely a kid who wasn't an athlete. His name was Brian Bodich, yeah, and he went yep. to IMG <clears throat> Academy. Brad, uh, Brad Bodich, I think. Brad Bodich, Brad Bodich. Um, he looked like craig wilson or something but i think craig wilson was bigger from the pirates uh-huh. like uh i'm just trying to think of like or like i mean he looked like tony campana from the from the cubs or something like just like kind of yeah it says he's six foot um and uh yeah, yeah that's really not that's not gonna cut it for for basketball no. really no and i'm not even sure he's six feet is that what tony, did tony campana look like that i think so yeah Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, that that's a that's an interesting. That's a that's a name he, from the past. Yeah, I know. I I he, he that name came up for me a couple. I don't know, like a, a month or so ago, and I was like, oh my god, Tony Campana. I forgot about that guy. <laughs> um. So it was it was kind of an unexciting end of the game. The final score of the game was seventy-one to fifty-eight. UIC. Uh, those two teams will actually meet again in the Horizon League tournament. Uh, this week, I believe. Uh, so it's uh, they're the eight and the nine seeds. Um, uh, so they'll play one more time before they're no longer in each other's conference. Um, but this was our last our last chance, um, for all intents and purposes, to see them play in Chicago. Um, so I'm I'm glad we took advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, it would have been really uh, a bummer to um, to have talked about it for so long and then lost the opportunity to do it, especially for the podcast, which is mo- mostly what. Um, the motivation is these days for, for some of these things. Um, so yeah, it was cool. It was cool that it happened. Um, and, uh, I guess, um, you know, UIC came out victorious. That means that I'm the champ right now. Um, we do go to, uh, we do go to the baseball game. We'll see what happens there. Um, the, uh, you know, the college basketball, college baseball season is underway. It might be the only baseball we get for a while. Um, so, uh, the um, I think the UIC team is maybe four and three, and the uh, Milwaukee is three and four. Milwaukee swept the first game, the first series of the season, and then they lost four in a row to um, a really like uh, Louisville or something. They played like a, hmm. a big team and got swept. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see um, if we see if we go to one of those games. I'm really hoping that we can. Looks like UIC has a a pretty good pitcher, Nate peterson um mm-hmm. so he's he's kind of got a lot of strikeouts through two outings and um so yeah hoping we can make that happen uh there that's due to happen like later on in in march so yeah yeah that that'll be cool um and i, I think a good takeaway <laughs> from this episode is that uh jeremy always wins i think you actually said that on this podcast <laughs> that's so. right yeah there i said it in the third person um yeah so uh yeah we'll see if if the whole same thing holds true uh, for the baseball game um, just in general, uh, to stay on the uh, college basketball or college baseball talk real quick. Um, we should 
we we would be uh, remiss to not mention uh, the Tommy White phenomenon that's happening in college baseball right now. Um, freshman uh, first baseman for NC State, uh, Tommy White, uh, through the first two weekends of uh, the college baseball season is going crazy. He has uh, nine homers in eight games, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, he's a big dude. Uh, not a, he's a, not super tall, but just like a, a Husky guy. Um, in the, in the vein of like a Daniel Vogelbach type of thing, maybe not as heavy as Daniel Vogelbach, but he's also 18 years old. Um, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does, like how he can keep it up, uh, as the season goes on. Um, if teams continue to, to pitch to him for, for whatever reason, but he's also hitting like five, he's almost hitting like 600, so yeah, just uh, and he's a tw- he has twenty nine RBIs too, I think, which is crazy. pretty crazy. Yeah, um, yeah uh, the record for college home runs in a season is forty eight by Pete and Cavilia. It seems like they used to play more games though. Um, it seems mm-hmm. like it was like seventy plus when he was playing in the and early eighties. Now it's now it seems like about sixty five. They use different bats too. I don't know if it was um, <clears throat> I don't know if it was still an aluminum bat or a different kind of wooden bat or something. But yeah, they 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 use different bats. So like I think in the in this like whatever bat they're using now like era like chris bryant actually i think is like the home run leader with like 31 or something so yeah yes he is um so i think that's the real record that tommy white is shooting for so it'd be cool if he got it as a freshman yeah absolutely um and it's just it's kind of a bummer that this kid might be stuck at school for like another three like for three full years um but uh yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so follow along with that. Uh, I've been watching a lot of college baseball these first two uh, weekends, and that's all that there is right now. And who the hell knows um, how long that will be the case because um, the MLB lockout continues. Yeah, well, uh, I guess we, w- we would have minor league baseball, though. as uh, So that would be at yeah. least something. As someone who's transitioned my loyalty from the Chicago Cubs to the South Bend Cubs, I, I guess I have no problem with that. Um, <laughs> although, you know, Schwindel uh, and Wisdom are bringing me back around to the big league team. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I just hope to friggin' God that they get this going. And, uh, you know, it's uttered that today that the owners are comfortable canceling a month's worth of games. If they do that, like, uh, you know, I – feel like we should put a hit out on Rob. Rob we should get Rob Manfred into a, a auto zone parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was hoping we could tie that one in one more time. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well that, yeah, I think that's a good place to stop. Um, yeah. we're at about one hour and 45 minutes. Check out, uh, that's right. Us on Twitter at, uh, at rain delay pod, the, uh, rain delay player of the day keeps going on. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're rain delay pod on most social media, platforms but um today uh for february 28th i did it's not quite leap day but um i did dave leaper uh jack i don't Mm. know if you remember dave leaper but uh he was a a padre uh from the early 90s so um he's our rain delay theater player of the day today and uh you know follow us on on twitter to see who comes up next yeah i got some good guys in there so check that out all right some good Uh, ones in the in the in the hopper Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So for uh, Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Sokowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. All right, we'll see you next time. Later. Later.